Hey guys, Mike here for Hokey Hangover on behalf of the good folks over at Main Street Pharmacy. Former Downtown Blacksburg Business of the Year in 2019, Jeremy Counts and his staff at Main Street Pharmacy have you covered for all of your pharmaceutical needs. Medication, school supplies, you name it. Jeremy and his staff, family-owned business, they got you covered over at Main Street Pharmacy in Downtown Blacksburg. They've been a sponsor of our podcast since the beginning, going on five years now, and there's a reason why. They're extremely extremely reliable. They're good people. They're friends of ours, friends of the podcast. Head on over to Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street, downtown Blacksburg. Open Monday to Friday, 9 to 6, Saturday from 9 to noon. They're closed on Sundays. You can be reached at 540-605-7721. That's Main Street Pharmacy, 301 South Main Street in downtown Blacksburg. Hokie hangover. Guys, it's Florida State week. The only way I would be less optimistic about a Hokies victory in this game is if the Hokies were coming off of another loss. But lucky for us, Virginia Tech actually beat Pittsburgh last weekend so bad that Phil Dracovic is no longer the starting quarterback for the Panthers heading into the bye week. Has not been a good year for mid to low tier starting quarterbacks in the ACC. No, for sure. Well, listeners can just be prepared to uh, listen to an hour and a half of us talking about what does it mean in the big picture that Virginia Tech covers this 25-point spread. (laughs) (laughs) And that, my friends, is why I solicited four listener questions out of this podcast tonight. So we're going to address a few of those off the top and then get into this Florida State preview. Um, Matt Maciosi, Andrew, uh, a good friend of yours, We'll get into this in a bit more detail later, I'm sure. But off the top, the FSU game is more than likely going to be a loss. And he puts in parentheses, hoping for the best. What do you guys want to see in this game that will give you the sense that this team is at least heading in the right direction? I mean, I'll give like a micro point. It would be a really good sign if Virginia Tech can at least limit the passing game for Florida State. Because to this point, the statistics nationally, even they're they're off the charts. Virginia Tech has one of the strongest pass defenses out there. But there's the two huge caveats of they haven't really played a decent quarterback. And teams haven't really had to throw the ball against them. Like even Boston College, excuse me, even Pittsburgh, Phil Dracovic, as mm-hmm. you think about Boston College there, was able to have some success on the deep ball. So if Delane, Dorian Strong, you know, hopefully we get to see our peoples back in there, can limit likely the best and certainly best resume, most you know prestigious track record quarterback that you're going to face in Jordan Travis, and the best talent on the outside, that means it's the real deal, and something that no matter who you're facing in the passing game going forward, you can go in with some confidence. Mike, before we started recording, I, I told you <clears throat> that I wanted to uh, talk about this on the podcast. And I think 
this is probably the best time to do it right away. Um, and you'll see why in just a moment. I'm not sure exactly how good Florida State is. Judging by the way they've played, uh, especially against Boston College, against a Clemson team that is certainly not elite, but certainly not bad. Um, this is not a team that has looked as dominant as we thought they might be after that LSU win. LSU is not a top five team like we thought coming into the year. Uh, the Boston College game was a bit of an eye opener for me. I know that playing in in uh, Boston College can be tricky sometimes because the atmosphere is kind of weird. But that was the Red Bandana game. That was a juiced up atmosphere as far as Boston College is concerned. So I'm a bit worried about um, exactly what Florida State can do, and I'm not sure that our thoughts after that week one win are accurate. And because Boston College was able to keep this a one-score game and they lost by two, 31-29, I think for me, Virginia Tech's got to do the same thing. If if we're going to feel really confident about this team turning the corner, right? If, they're, if they go out there and keep this a one-score game for maybe 80 to 90% of the game, then... I'm I'm feeling relatively good about this program's ability to punch above their weight class per se. And I would feel a lot better about being a bit more consistent for the remainder of the year, which is something I wrote about in my column this week. Fair points. I am a little concerned about Florida State's explosive playability, right? Going in. Mostly just because I, you know, I, I think Andrew, you know, you made the point off the top. Like Tech secondary hasn't really been tested yet and has been a bit banged up. Now the good news is, this year people's practice today was not in a blue non-contact jersey, right? So it seems like he's getting closer to being a full go. Hopefully he's able to play this weekend. That would at least provide a boost to the secondary. Um, Jalen Jones actually, ironically, was in a blue contact jersey, so it's not like depth. Um, options of safety got any better it would likely be delaying back there anyway if people's couldn't go um, but I, I'm interested to see how Virginia Tech stacks up against Florida State's passing attack here Keon Coleman uh, Florida State starting wide receiver uh, killed Clemson late he killed LSU he is a six foot four target that's a problem uh, Johnny Wilson is a freak he's six seven on the other side of the field and uh, doesn't have the hands or pure athletic ability that Coleman has. But he's a big-bodied receiver, and he's he's tough on jump balls. And, and Mike, this... to that point, just to kind of drive that home, we keep talking about how Virginia Tech's defensive backs haven't really been tested so far this year. But when they have, they haven't really lived up to the billing. Right. Um, Pro Football Focus doesn't like any of them. Um, all of their grades are are bad. We've seen this defense struggle on third downs. We've seen them struggle in man and in zone. Uh, Mansour Delane, even when he's been at corner, he has not been the same player he was last year, in my opinion. Uh, Dorian Strong has not been the guy he has been in the past. Derek Canteen has not held up well on the outside either. I think missing Nasir Peoples is part of that, but this secondary certainly has taken its lumps so far this year. Yeah. 
it's going to be interesting to see how they stack up in this game um, against Florida State. I think the priority obviously has to be stop the run, right? And, you know, BC was able to do that to some degree, um, get Travis outside the pocket, make him a little bit more one-dimensional, so to speak, in the offense, uh, get him a little bit flustered. Travis can run. He doesn't love to run, but he can run. Uh, this is a Florida State offense that, is at its best, obviously, when they're running the football well between the tackles and setting up deeper shots down the field. Clemson held up really well against Florida State's rushing attack in that football game. They hit a couple of big plays late where it's kind of like our dudes are better than your dudes, and that's kind of why they won. That, along with some questionable play calling by Clemson down the stretch in that game, really killed them. But this is going to be an interesting litmus test for Virginia Tech defensively because I think the one thing we talked about on the recap for Pittsburgh is, okay, it was great that you were able to stop the run and do that in a one-game sample size, but can you replicate it and do it again? And that's before we even talk about the offense, right? So I have plenty of concerns about the offense going into this game because I think Florida's defense, Florida State's defense is the most athletic, the fastest defense Virginia Tech's probably going to play this season. Uh, but I don't think any of that matters if Virginia Tech's defense doesn't hold up against Florida State's playmakers. Well, I think the physical disparity in the trenches is going to be very clear. And I think that's going to put Kyron Jones behind the eight ball. It's going to put Tootin behind the eight ball. I, I just don't, I haven't seen anything that would lead me to believe that we have any sort of answer for a Jared verse type. Kalen Deloach is a monster at linebacker as well. He's, I think he's probably Florida State's best player on defense. Um, Verse is certainly up there, though. And, and you're right, Andrew. I think Jared Verse is going to have quite the hell of a game in this one. We've seen the issues Virginia Tech's offensive line has had. They have inexperienced tackles. Uh, This is a game where uh, Kyron Drones is really going to have to show off his ability to improvise in the passing game. He's going to have to go off script a bit. We, we got a question from Ben Brisley uh, because Brent Pry came out this week in his post game, or I'm sorry, in the uh, press conference for, for the Florida State game. Uh, and he was asked about, by Andy Bitter, he was asked about, you know, drones versus Wells. And, you know, is Pry seen enough to name drones the starter moving forward? Paraphrasing a little bit, but, you know, Pry gave a real non committal answer, basically saying that Wells has been healthy enough to really make that call. Anybody with, two eyes and an interest in Virginia Tech football knows that Kyron Drones is the starting quarterback moving forward. Ben Brisley asked, what's the hesitation of saying Drones is the guy? Someone had mentioned, quote, boosters, but it's hard to keep what, but is it just to keep Wells locked in? Drones is still raw, no senior year, just a few college starts, but his upside is way higher. I guess if you nitpick the last game, he had a few issues, but what do you guys think the hesitation is by Brent Pry? in naming Kyron Drones full-time starting quarterback. What do you think that's about? Guys, I texted you about this in Pry's first press conference, right, when he wouldn't name Drones the starter. And I think all of us were kind of in agreement that it was just really poor gamesmanship, right, and coach speak from Brent Pry. Anyone that's watched Virginia Tech's offense um, – and if you watched last week specifically, can see that Kyron Drones is in a bit of a rhythm and needs to have a chance to, to, to prove himself. Grant Wells did not do himself any favors after the Old Dominion game. 
I know he's banged up, and um, even if he is still on the mend, I don't think there's any problem in saying that Kyron Jones is your starting quarterback moving forward. But um, I certainly don't think it has anything to do with boosters. I mean, I'd say that in part, he's right. Like, you don't have to. So you want to keep Grant Wells locked in. And it does, if you are Brent Pry, give you somewhat of a fallback where if drones were to blow up and just start playing terribly, which I don't anticipate him doing, and it would have to be really bad, where you just say, we're giving the job back to Wells. Like, going out and publicly supporting drones and saying it before you have to doesn't really provide much of a net benefit to him. So, he, I mean, obviously he'll have to say something eventually. But for the time being, he's not being pushed to do anything. And, you know, I, I guess it, you know, keeps drones motivated in the way that he still might think he's playing to keep his job. And it keeps Wells motivated in his rehab to come back. And it, again, it's just, you don't need to be committal if you don't have to. I do think there would be some benefit to throwing support behind Jerome's as the head coach, especially if he goes out against Florida State. He doesn't have to go out and like will Virginia Tech to a win necessarily against Florida State. But if Jerome's goes out and throws for like 250, a couple touchdowns, doesn't turn the ball over, and Tech still loses by like three scores, I, I'm not going to feel any differently coming out of that game about Kyron Jerome's. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a situation where Pry is expecting drones to take a couple steps back in this one. And the optics of saying, hey, this is our guy, right? And then he goes out there and, and puts up a, a dud of a performance, regardless of what the of who the opponent is. Right. The optics of that aren't great, mm-hmm. but I, I certainly understand what you're saying in in the sense that drones is a young guy who's in a lot of in a lot of ways, still trying to find his path and and discover who he is as a quarterback at this level, and trying to figure out what he's capable of. So I, I can see kind of both sides of it. I guess. I mean, my point was more so everyone and their sister knows that yeah. Kyron Drones is going to be the starter on Saturday, and barring a uh, a shocking shockingly bad performance on Saturday drones will be the quarterback against Wake Forest. Yeah. Well, who, who's to say that Wells would even be back by Wake Forest? Right. I'm just saying in a theoretical situation where I do not anticipate this happening, but say that drones goes out against Wake, can't move the ball, three interceptions, comes back the next week and does the same thing. Then Grant Wells is healthy again the following week against Boston College or Louisville or whoever it may be. At that point, if you're Brent Pry, you can say, well, Wells was the starter, and now he's back, and he's still the starter. Rather than saying, Kyron Jones is our guy. Now we benched our guy, <laughs> and we're going back to somebody else. Yeah. I think the thing about Wells' issue that kind of frustrates me the most is he was allowed to play injured for a lot of that Purdue game. 
and he's still not taking reps with the ones of the twos in practice. Yeah. The 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 ones all went to drones this week and the backup reps went to Pop Watson and Dylan Wickey. So why was he allowed to play so much of that Purdue game if he was that banged up? The quarterback situation has just been so odd, man. Just the messaging and just leaving Wells in and then finally deciding to pull him because he's not healthy enough and given the drones last the ball drive, on the last right? drive inside the inside the 10 yard line. <laughs> like what like he's gotta go 95 yards basically, 97 yards, whatever it was. Cold with no snaps. Cold yeah. with no snaps. And you could have had him in basically at any other point in the second half when it was clear that Wells couldn't even run like the read option. He wasn't even like a candidate, wasn't even a threat to run. Mm-hmm. It was just pretty obvious early in that second half that he just was not was not healthy anymore. So just weird mishandling of the quarterbacks in general this year so far. Weird mishandling of the quarterbacks in general at Virginia Tech since Gerard Evans. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's that's facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, twenty seventeen was fine, right? Josh Jackson had a pretty good year. Okay. Twenty eighteen and on. Yeah. Yeah. The last the last what is that six seasons, five plus seasons. Yeah, there's been all sorts of quarterback drama, which unfortunately is a characteristic of bad football teams. Agree. (laughs) Agree. As they say, if you have two quarterbacks, you got none. Yep. And a lot of times Virginia Tech didn't even have two. They had like three or four or I don't even want to rehash the 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 exception to that rule would be Texans. They have two quarterbacks. Yes. (laughs) That's that's the truth. Okay, what do you guys need to see out of Virginia Tech in this game? We talked about this a little bit, but like what do you guys need to see to declare this kind of like a win, regardless of what happens on the scoreboard? Because Virginia Tech enters this game as a 24 to 24 and a half point favorite depend or uh, favorite my god underdog <laughs> that would be nice 24 to 24 and a half point underdog in Tallahassee depending on the sports book that you use that's better than three scores it's obviously going to take a lot for Virginia Tech to pull something monumental off in this game so what would it take for you to come away from this game satisfied with the performance it could be open-ended it could be specific whatever you guys want to take away from that i mean if they can essentially compete right if i can watch the game and until very close to the bitter end trick myself into thinking that uh like text just a touchdown and then a pick six away you know make it entertaining for four quarters even if you're the worst football team but You know, on the reverse side of it, I'm not going to walk away feeling more confident if Virginia Tech is getting exposed in all of their weaknesses and the score is, you know, 30 nothing at halftime. (laughs) Like, come on. If Virginia Tech can show that they deserve to be on the field and we see maybe not to the level we saw it against Pittsburgh. But we see more proof of concept 
that the adjustments they've made offensively surrounding Kyron Drones and you know the little more smoke and mirrors offensive scheme that they threw out there can continue to be successful. You know, you want to have it look like once again, even in a game where they were probably outmatched, the coaches came prepared. Yeah, a couple things for me. Um, number one, if if Tyler Bowen calls this game scared and in uber conservative and it looks nothing like it did against the Panthers, I have a huge problem with that. Uh, the other thing is um, Florida State's not a great running team. Like if, if you look at the numbers, they, they, don't, they don't rely on running the football in terms of the run-pass ratio. They don't have a ton of yardage to their names. Trey Benson's been good, but he hasn't carried the ball a ton so far this year. Um, if they go out there and get gashed by this Florida State running team for 200-plus yards, I think that's going to be pretty concerning, considering that's really not the bread and butter of this Florida State offense. Um, but like Andrew said, I, I think just remaining competitive late into this game hanging around, um, you know, maybe stymieing Florida State's momentum once or twice uh, with a couple scores in the second half to, to show that you're still punching. Those are the kinds of things I'm looking for. On the flip side, if, it, like Andrew said, if this is a four-score game by early third quarter, mid-third quarter, then that's going to be more so an indictment that – Pitt's just really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. the and the the win against Pittsburgh didn't mean a ton. Hokie Hangover is proud to be sponsored by Homefield, the premium collegiate apparel brand in the United States. Based in Indianapolis, Homefield is committed to creating comfortable and officially licensed apparel featuring vintage college designs. Homefield puts in extra reps for each of the more than 150 colleges they highlight, discovering unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create the best look at your tailgate. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order. Homefield makes online shopping so easy, even I can't screw it up. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your first order and acquire blue chip apparel from Homefield, an official sponsor of Hokie Hangover. Hey guys, Mike here on behalf of our podcast partner, Vivid Seats. That's right, Hokie Hangover Podcast is partnering with Vivid Seats this football season to provide you with all of your ticketing needs. Hanging to a game at Lane Stadium this fall, need tickets? Check out Vivid Seats. Going to another college football venue this fall? Use Vivid Seats. Checking out a concert venue even? Vivid Seats has you covered there as well. And they got a promo code just for you. That's right. Go to vividseats.com. Use the promo code BEAMERBALL20 at checkout for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. Again, use the promo code BEAMERBALL20 at checkout for $20 off your first order of $200 or more. We can't thank Vivid Seats enough for their partnership this football season. Make sure to check them out. Yeah, I tend to think we're going to end up falling somewhere in the middle, right? Where we're going to come away from the, the, going into it. This is my thought. I think we're going to come away from this game against Florida State thinking that Tech is a long ways away from being the caliber of Florida State. But at the same time, like 
Pittsburgh's really bad and Virginia Tech did some good things in that game, but also Pittsburgh's really bad. I think Virginia Tech will do some good things in this game, right? I'm just concerned about the consistency. And, you know, it might not even be just because of, you know, the Tech players being inconsistent, just the caliber of team you're going up against, the team speed of Florida State, that can force you to doing some things that you don't necessarily want to do offensively. I mean, I think Tech's going to be faced in this game with some situations where they're going to be uncomfortable on third down. You know, they'll be third and seven, third and eight a lot. If you pick if you pick up a handful of those, you know, and keep drives alive, I think that's going to be really important um, for the confidence of the offense. So I'll be paying attention to that. The penalties have been a problem recently. So, you know, seeing Tech go on the road in a tough environment and play a cleaner game would probably be a pretty good sign. And then it would be really nice to see Kyron Drones not turn the football over here, which is a lot to ask for because this is probably the toughest defense he's, not even probably, this is the toughest defense he's faced. It's the fastest, most athletic defense he's faced so far. And you're, this is the toughest road environment he's ever played in as a starting quarterback. I would like to see Kyron Drones play a clean game. Um, he's had a turnover in every game he's played. And they've all killed Virginia Tech in one way or another. Uh, I would just like to see him come out and just play a bit cleaner. Uh, I think that would be a very good sign going up against a Florida State defense. is very good on the road in that environment. Those are types of things I'm going to be looking for. And that's before even considering a couple of things you guys mentioned, right? Like Tyler Bones' aggressiveness as a play caller, right? Uh, tech defensively not regressing and you know, not playing scared on that side of the ball with Florida State's playmakers being aggressive, kind of taking the fight to that offensive line and, you know, generating some sort of pass rush to make Jordan Travis uncomfortable. If he gets outside the pocket, guys, he's not, he's very good inside the pocket. Outside the pocket, throwing the football, I mean, you saw it late in that BC game. He he was not comfortable. Um, Make him uncomfortable, slow down the run. And it, it seems... You know, it doesn't seem like much, right? It seems like two or three things Virginia Tech needs to do to be competitive, but it's just really difficult to do against a team of this caliber. Yeah, and Florida State's offensive line's been pretty good this year against against the pass rush. So this is going to be a pretty big test for someone like Antoine Power Island, who's flashed some some periods of excellence. And the same for a guy like Feldarius Payne, who got some more run against Pittsburgh and showed that he can be a bit of a dynamic playmaker on the inside they're going to be facing probably uh among the better offensive lines those guys have ever seen and they're kind of veteran careers yeah yeah so we'll see what happens you know pass rush was pretty good last week uh major kovic uncomfortable um and yeah i mean i would like to see the running game for virginia tech get going again right uh bachel tootin's been really good he's gotten a ton of yards after contact which you know for for the first four games anyway, it was kind of out of necessity because that was the only way you were going to get positive yards if it was after contact with the way um, the offensive line was struggling. But Bashel Tootin's been really good. It'd be nice to try to get him going again. Uh, I would like to see just consistency once again in the running game like we saw last week. You know, Bowen didn't go away from it. He went away from it um, against Marshall, did not go away from it last week when it was working kind of kept hammering away. And I, I think that really benefited Kyron drones in the passing game, especially. So I would like to see that again, right? A commitment to the run, even against a good Florida state front. 
you know, the yards I don't think are going to come as easily necessarily as they did against Pittsburgh. But I think Tech does have an opportunity to run the football a little bit in this game. Florida State's got a good front. Uh, they don't have a front that's going to absolutely suffocate you like Clemson's would. So I think, you know, Virginia Tech does have an opportunity if, you know, they scheme it up properly. I, I do think Virginia Tech will have, there will be some yards to be had, I think, in the rushing game here. And I think that would put Virginia Tech in a really good spot, try to stay ahead of the sticks. It's all the stuff that, you know, we talk about time and time again that makes teams successful. But you're going up against the toughest opponent you face so far in a really tough road environment. So let's see what you're made of. Also, Florida State's coming off a bye, which, you know, they've had a, an extra week to prepare. Yep. So, you know, try to catch them a little bit flat, potentially coming off because because bye week can work both ways, right? Uh, you know, yeah. it could be good to rest up but they could also come out a little bit flat a little bit rusty and this is a roll the helmets out game for florida state anyway going in because of how virginia tech has looked so far this year florida state's gonna have a hard time getting up for this game i think um hopefully the the bc game a few weeks ago kind of got their attention but uh this is a game where i think florida state comes out flat and virginia tech plays well well early i think the Hokies can hang around here for a bit Yeah, you you almost wonder if I mean it's crazy to say this if Florida State could overlook the Hokies and look to their game against Syracuse next week. Yeah, as kind of a really really important game given that Syracuse has been pretty good this year. The last thing I'll say um, is this is kind of a challenge game for Mansoor, Delane, Dorian Strong, Derek Canteen. Right, we talked a lot in the beginning of the year, how the secondary was going to be a strength of this team. It really hasn't so far this year. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, we were talking about worst case scenarios before the season started. And I said, well, imagine if your really good unit isn't really good. Well, those guys have a chance to get right this week and it's going to be really tough. This is the best receiving core in the ACC. Um, Wilson is an animal. Keon Coleman is really, really good. Uh, Lawrence Toafili is could, can still be a problem as well as a third receiver. Um, and they're playing a, a really talented quarterback and a, a guy who's pretty smart um, and, and, and mobile as well and can improvise, which has been a huge plus for this Florida State offense. So those corners really need to step up and I think play a little bit better than they have for this year. I, those guys should really look at this game as an opportunity and not as an obstacle. Yeah, the the past defense stats have because really nobody's the... nobody's banking on those guys to contain Keon Coleman, right? Like no one's expecting. Right. So go go all out, man. This this is your shot to make your name. Yeah, yeah. The pro football focus grades haven't really matched the, I guess, top line statistics of the Virginia Tech passing defense because the Hokies simply haven't played anybody. Um, who yeah, the narrative really is been... not necessarily borne out by the data. Yeah, so we'll kind of see. Uh, this is our first real data point, I think, uh, of Virginia Tech secondary. Our first true data point this year. So, interested to see how that goes. Andrew, you got anything else uh, before we get into our ACC picks? Any final thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's there's a lot of ways that this game can make me feel decently confident going into the remainder of the schedule. Florida State is the only Florida State on this schedule. 
And as Ricky said, maybe they are, you know, a tad bit overrated. So we shall see. But a big opportunity against a team with a higher level of talent for even individual contributors. And I think those defensive backs who I guess we would all agree, at least looking at the roster right now, are among the players who might have a shot of playing pro. It's an opportunity to go out and show the world that you can hang with guys on the other side of the ball who almost certainly will be going pro. Yep. I agree with that. It'll be interesting. Let's get in our ACC picks, and then we'll, of course, pick the Virginia Tech-Florida State game at the end. New uh, All Saturday games this week, by the way. First time this year that the ACC has had every single conference game on a Saturday. We've had a lot of weeknight games so far this year. Not this week. Uh, Boston College heading to West Point to play Army. Army, a three-point favorite. This is noon on Saturday on noted ACC uh, television partner, CBS Sports Network. <laughs> um, part of me wants to pick BC here because I'm kind of a believer in Castellanos. With that said, Army's the better coach team, and I think they get this one done. Andrew? I'm going to have to see more from Kyron Jones to be able to definitively say that he'll be the better quarterback in the matchup with Boston College. Give me Castellanos and the Eagles. I am going with BC as well. Weird line. Army could certainly be the better team. I don't really know what to make of that game at all, to be honest with you. Uh, William & Mary is one of the best teams in the FCS. They're heading to Charlottesville at noon on Saturday on the ACC network. Does UVA finally pick up their first one of the year? Man. Uh, no. Hell yeah. Andrew? I mean, William and Mary just lost to Elon, so they're not world beaters. I don't know. What could you not find a spread on this? Give me a spread. Uh, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Uh, oh, geez, you gotta pay. You gotta pay to see the damn spread in this game. Apparently, Scott was a, Scott was having trouble finding such finding a, a spread sicko game to want to bet night. on. I recorded my ACC pod last night. Scott was having trouble finding a spread on this. Yeah, I mean, look, my my issue with UVA is that as talented as Calandria is, he is a turnover machine. And I think that until he gets some of that figured out, they're going to really struggle to win football games. And, um, okay, so Odds Shark, whoever the hell that is, uh, Looks like their predicted score is William and Mary 32, UVA 17. Gross. Which would be uh, just absolutely absurd. A fireable offense, if you will. Oof. Anyway, I have no idea, quite honestly. I'm going to go with William and Mary. It's almost a until you prove it for, for UVA, even if it is against an FCS program. Yeah. I'm going to go UVA. 
I think they finally win one. UVA doesn't really know what they're doing at quarterback, though. Like, their Musket got hurt. They played Calandria. Then last week, they went back to Musket, and then he didn't really do anything in the second half. And now Tony Elliott's kind of playing a coy all week. So I don't really know if it's going to be Musket again or if they're going back to Calandria. Like Ricky said, Ricky, all your points you made about Calandria are true. He is a turnover machine, even though he's kind of an electric factory to watch. <laughs> he's, uh... he, 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 his games are not boring, right? No. Like they are no. they are kind of fun to watch. Got a little bit of everything. Games um, may not be boring, but to this point, they are all losses. That yes, is, that is correct. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, that is correct. So I'm on UVA. Ricky's taking William & Mary. Andrew, officially UVA? Yeah, give me UVA. All right, fair enough. Uh, 2 p.m., the CW, Marshall 4-0, heading on the road to Raleigh, take on NC State. NC State, a six-and-a-half point favorite. Marshall. Fair Marshall. enough. Andrew. They, they, they've been the better team this year. NC State seems like they're in chaos, and Marshall seems like they know exactly what they're trying to do. Give me Rasheen Ali. Charles Huff may not be coaching Marshall next year. And it won't because he got fired. I was going to say, for, <laughs> for good reasons, not bad. Uh, <laughs> NC State is uh, one of two ACC programs this week making a quarterback change. MJ Morris, who we're familiar with, uh, is taking over as a starting quarterback for Brian Armstrong. I think that jump starts the offense here. NC State is also uh, the best defensive front that Marshall has seen all year. NC State's been pretty stout against the run. I think Marshall has trouble scoring here. I am going to go with NC State. I think they have just enough offense in a really ugly, low-scoring game. You think they cover the spread though? I think they win and cover. Wow. I'm actually gonna okay. be, I'm actually gonna bet this game. I'm gonna bet NC oh, State. Oh, oh, oh. Uh we'll find out later if that's a good or a bad decision. <laughs> uh we'll skip our game for now. 330 on ESPN. Syracuse four and one, hanging to Chapel Hill, face the fourteenth ranked and unbeaten North Carolina Tar Heels. UNC an eight point favorite. This one's tough. Uh, give me, I don't know if they win, but give me Dino Babers and his crew to cover at least. I'm with you. Syracuse covers. I think Carolina wins out, right? They just have too many ways to beat you offensively. I don't know if Syracuse can do it for four quarters. We'll go all in on the orange, but this is a, uh, you know, if you're watching other games, looking ahead on tech schedule, you know, how Syracuse can hang in there with North Carolina. Now you got a couple of serious data points. What team we should expect to roll in on Thursday night to Blacksburg and whether that's a, uh, a toss-up game or one that you know, Virginia Tech's really going to have to get a stretch win there. Agree. Totally agree. Three th- also at 3.30, ACC Network, Wake Forest traveling on the road to Death Valley to take on Clemson. Clemson is a 21-point favorite here. Wake's been pretty underwhelming mm-hmm. uh, so far this year. Clemson seems to have started to find their rhythm on offense. 21's a lot of points, but this game's in Clemson, so I'll take the Tigers. I'm with you. Clemson, I think, offensively is going to cause Wake Forest some issues, and I think defensively, Mitch Griffiths for Wake Forest has been throwing the ball to the other team a lot, and Clemson's defense has been the one consistent thing about him all season. So, yeah, I'm on Clemson here. Big. I'll take Wake to cover solely because we're going to have to root against Coach Boomon next week. 
<laughs> so we'll give it to him this week. Fair enough. 7.30 ABC. Notre Dame's schedule does not get any easier. Well, it depends on what you think of Louisville, I guess. But Notre Dame's, uh, Notre Dame's road schedule has been brutal this year. Uh, the Irish are traveling to Louisville. 7.30 on ABC. Notre Dame is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought the Irish were toast uh, against Duke. And um, sadly, that was not the case. I would have actually liked the Duke win there. Uh, I think Notre Dame wins this one. This is probably going to be the come-down-to-earth moment for Louisville. Notre Dame is going to be better up front in this one. Sam Hartman is the best quarterback on the field in almost any game he's going to play all year. So give me the Irish. I'm also taking Notre Dame. They're getting their starting tight end, Jaden Thomas, back. Missed last week with the hamstring injury. They're getting starting wide receiver, Jaden Greathouse, back. He's a freshman. He's been pretty good. He missed last week also with a hamstring strain. They're getting both of those guys back. I think it'll help the passing game. And I think this is a game where if Notre Dame just wants to run a million times with Audrey Gustame, I think they'll have a little bit more success than they had against Duke. So give me Notre Dame. I am a firm believer in Sam Hartman. I think if you watched ACC football for the last half decade, it's hard not to be. Ohio State's the letdown. The comeback against Duke is the spark plug. Notre Dame will not only win this game handily, they will then beat Caleb Williams, and they will not lose again for the rest of the season. That's going to be a hell of a showdown. It's going to be so Sam, good. Sam Hartman, Caleb Williams. It's going to be so good. Is that is that like a Heisman knockout game? It could be. <laughs> it could be. Hartman's been quietly putting up some pretty good stats. Uh, 8 o'clock ACC Network, Georgia Tech on the road at Miami. Miami coming off a of bye week. They're 21-point favorite. Georgia Tech coming off of a loss to the Bowling Green Falcons, which is just hysterical. Called it. Hysterical. Called it. So funny. Lefty got it done. It's so funny. Uh. Yeah, uh, give me give me Miami. Georgia Tech's defense is so bad. <laughs> it's just terrible. Miami's offense has been clicking. They're coming off a bye week. I think the only way Georgia Tech covers here is a backdoor situation or if Miami just comes out flat after the bye. I think it's the only way they cover. Give me Miami. The Canes are so hard to predict. It feels like they, they have at least one or two games a year where they're clearly the favorite. And they just kind of fart around for three quarters. And sometimes they can't come back in the fourth, and sometimes they do. Uh, yeah, I guess give me the Canes to cover. I, 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 If I were a betting man, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. Did Coach Leffler save his job? Probably. Against Georgia Tech last weekend? Probably. They got the Miami of Ohio Red Hawks this weekend. Big one. So just keep an eye on that in the Mac. Absolute barn burner. Honestly, I'll be betting the Red Hawks. I will be at a bar in Athens, Georgia. And if things get ugly, I'm going to say, turn that tech game off. Give me Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio. People's jobs are on the line here. (laughs) But that'll get them going. I'll take, uh, I'll take Miami, Florida in this one 
Well, both teams who played last week go on to play Miami the following week. That's uh, how often does that happen? How often does that happen? We need our research guy to figure out if that's ever happened before. We'll call up David Cunningham. He will find it out for <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> he is freaking bat signal in Blacksburg. Like. He is. He is the man who can find that stat for us. I have just the guy for it. He would be. The yeah, guy. Alternatively, though, I'll walk into the bar in Georgia and ask them if they get the CW there. So, we'll yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll be fire. Uh, Virginia Tech, three thirty ABC. Virginia Tech. It's down to twenty three and a half. Uh, yeah. Pokies are heading to Tallahassee. We've already talked about it all night. Uh, what's What's happening here, guys? Who are you picking? I mean, I I assume everybody's picking Florida State, but are you guys picking Virginia Tech to cover here? If so, why? If not, I think I already know why. <laughs> so here's my issue, boys. If the secondary had been better throughout the remainder of the year, I think I would pick Virginia Tech to to be able to cover the spread. But they haven't. This this year Peoples is no guarantee to play this week. Jalen Jones is banged up. Mose Phillips is banged up. Um, Monsor Delane, when he's been at corner, he's been kind of iffy. He hasn't been able to be comfortable at corner because he's played a, a, like 30 or 40% of his snaps at safety anyway. Um, Derek Canteen has not stabil- um, stabilized the secondary like they kind of thought he would. And the pass rush just has not been there consistently, uh, at least not on the side that isn't manned by Antoine Power Island. So, I think Florida State's going to win this one pretty handily. I don't think this is going to be a competitive game in the second half. Uh, Virginia Tech does not have the horses on um, defense to be able to keep up. The other issue they're going to run into in this game is Kyron Drones is not going to get comfortable pretty much from the opening kick. He's going to be harassed all day long, and I think that that's going to severely inhibit this offense. I'm not expecting them to run the football all that well in this game either. Give me Florida State. In terms of a score, uh, we'll go like 42-14. Uh, Andrew? Florida State has pretty much better athletes and a higher level of talent at every single position on the field at most the gap is rather large i have no evidence to believe that brett pry and the staff can cook up a game plan good enough to catch florida state by surprise yeah good point so i think boston college caught florida state by surprise jeff halfley baby but especially with uh, with the little bit of evidence that Virginia Tech showed that they can be competent. I don't think Mike Norvell's guys are sleepwalking through practice this week. Home crowd. Uh, I believe just the second home game of the year for Florida State so far under the lights. Not under the lights, but national television. They're a team who probably still feels like they have a point to prove week in and week out. Hopefully Virginia Tech can hang in there, but 
I figure Florida State just about covers. No, probably a 25-point win. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I, uh, Yeah, it's a tough path here. Uh, just skill talent everywhere talent deficiencies we're going to find out how how good the secondary actually is uh i think the pass rush is going to have a lot to do with that one way or another because you just can't cover keon coleman and johnny wilson for very long i mean you could try but if tech doesn't get home to a quarterback in this game this is going to be a long afternoon Pass rush is going to have to be there to give the secondary a shot. I think that I think Tech has the players in the secondary to to hang. I do, but that's only if the pass rush can get home or at least make Jordan Travis a little bit uncomfortable back there. Offensively, man, that's that's the big question here because I just don't know if Virginia Tech's going to score a ton of points. Uh, it was great last week. It would be great to replicate that, but you're going up against a much better defense. And, you know, I think it's, if it's a similar type game plan, I think Virginia Tech could could potentially score like 17 to 20 points. But it's a big if, and we haven't seen the consistency week to week from the coaching staff, let alone the players. I think Virginia Tech does cover, though. Uh, 24 is a lot. It's a lot. I, I think that this could be some something where Virginia Tech's kind of competitive early and that's kind of just not really a competitive game in the second half, right? Mid third quarter, you know, maybe Florida State just hits the gas pedal a little bit and Tech's playing from well behind. I'm gonna go something along the lines of like like thirty eight seventeen. Pretty much my thought it's, exactly. It's kind of like basically right on the edge of covering or not. I could see it kind of going to predict to like two different ways. I think the 42-14 score, Rick, is is a, a good one if Virginia Tech can't do what I just said offensively. Um, because we're all kind of in the same range for Florida State in terms of scoring points. And it's just a matter of how many the Hokies are able to get on the board here. So what's more likely? A 40 plus point loss? Or one score game. Huh. Um, 40 point loss or a one score game. That's actually a good question, Andrew. That's a tough one for me. Yes. You know, take 15 on the spread one way or the other. Uh, I mean, me being the cynical bastard that I am, I guess I have to go with the 40 point loss. Just because we've seen Virginia Tech stink a lot this year, right? Um, we've seen them really struggle at times. We haven't quite seen Florida State struggle that to that level against anybody. I mean, yeah, they played down to their competition against BC, but they've got one of the better wins in the country against Clemson. Uh, we know what this offense can do. The injury issues in the secondary, I think, are a big, big, big concern. It's, a lot of it's going to depend on who suits up. So if those are the two options, I'll take the blowout loss. I'm going to go with the blowout, too, only because I just think the talent disparity is so vast at a number of key positions. 
all, um, all those all those recruiting classes that Justin Fuente struggled in in what 2021 20, that range you're you're going to see some of those issues in this game this is where it shows up I like, agree. We, we, and you're, talked and you're a playing lot. against like the number five recruiting class from the same period of time. So. Right. Yeah. Right. We've talked a lot about how Virginia Tech has yet to play a game where they've had a, a significant talent deficiency. They, they obviously did not have a talent deficiency against Old Dominion. They did not have a talent deficiency against Purdue or Rutgers. Um, they did not have a talent deficiency against Marshall, and they're pretty even with Pittsburgh in terms of talent. This that is not the case this week, right? Yeah. Like this is this is a whole different kind of animal, a whole different kind of ball game. This isn't quite Virginia Tech playing Ohio State or Michigan, but it's a lot closer to that than it is Purdue, Rutgers, Marshall, Pitt. Agree. Well, guys, we'll talk early next week. Rate, we'll review, see. subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Yes, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, yeah, we'll talk next week. We'll see if the Hokies can be competitive here in Tallahassee. A lot of questions, I think, are going to be are going to be answered in terms of how far away this team actually is from. We think we know the answer, but how far away this team actually is from being a a really good team? Because that's what Tech is facing on the road here. So, yeah, stay tuned for what does this loss mean coming up next? <laughs> that's any anything else would be a gigantic surprise. So either that or the guys are all still really hungover from Saturday. <laughs> That'll give hokey hangover a whole new meaning. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if there if there's an upset, uh we will be we don't need to really be that concerned about this, but if there's an upset, I don't care where everybody is located on Saturday evening around <laughs> six thirty, seven o'clock, but um we'll be phoning people in. We will be doing an emergency <laughs> podcast. Andrew will be calling from a bar in Athens. Uh, the I'll be at a I'll be at a pig roast Saturday night. Okay. Be, I, if that happens, I'll be arrested for like burning a couch in Athens or something yeah. like that. Come yeah. On. Yeah. So maybe so I'll be calling time. from jail. Right. Well, <laughs> you'll be using Live, your one collect joining call. us from the from the Athens municipal jail. Bolton County Jail. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's Atlanta. Guess, but... so guys, you'll never guess who I saw here. Yeah. God. Most people use their collect call to call a ride to come bail them out. Andrew calls in on the podcast. <laughs> what a trooper. Screw a ride. We have listenership. <laughs> oh, man. We will talk next week. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.